Welcome back. Richard, it's good to see you again. Hey, Bernie. How are you? I am doing all right. So okay. last week, we ushered in and welcomed the new school year, and we talked mm -hmm. about uh, electronics and how parents and strategies and help helping parents develop a plan for um, managing electronic use as they're starting the school, school year. And this week, we are going to talk a little bit more about electronics use because, well, you know, there's some recent information that's come out that we've been reading about, and it's just an important topic. Right. We, last week, we talked about this contest that um, parents have at this time of year, beginning of school, and kids still want to play their video games and they want to be on social media and digital media. And there's there's going to be this um contest between uh, school-aged children taking care of their obligations mm -hmm. versus having free time to be on their devices. Right. And one of the most frequent complaints that we get yep. is that parents will come in and say, she's addicted to her phone. He's addicted to his video game. They, they use this word addiction. They're addicted. And we assume when parents tell us that, that what they're talking about is that the child is plugged in, head down, silent, relentlessly surfing and scrolling and binging in constant communication with their with all these people that they're all their friends, while they're ignoring the real people in who are in the same car or in the same house or in the same restaurant. You know, we hear we hear this all the time. Mm -hmm. Kids are on their devices rather than be, being with the people who are present. Yeah, And in a recent interview that we ran into, um, there was an interview of this uh, Stanford professor who's, who happens to be an addiction expert. She wrote a book called Dopamine Nation. And in the interview, she, she makes this argument that digital media, including social media like Snapchat and Instagram, can be, should be considered an addictive substance. Okay, that that it produces these activities that we do on our devices. They produce dopamine and it's dopamine that is the addiction. Okay. And so we thought, wow, that's kind of what parents are saying is that the kids are addicted. So is it just this dopamine release and it makes you feel good. And so you keep doing it. And we thought, yeah, that, that, that has certain appeal. But then when you and I discussed it and we thought, well, wait a minute, May, maybe it is, but there are some differences. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Is it an addiction? Right. Yeah. And yes, we have talked about this on the podcast in the past. Um, mm -hmm. And because, well, as we will talk about again, um, we do have some concerns about the idea of viewing it as an addiction mm -hmm. per se, because when when I think of addiction, I think of it in a, from a clinical perspective, as it relates to, you know, developing treatments and, and what we need to do um, in, in response so that we can help the person recover. When we think about addictions, you know, if you just look at the dictionary definition, what we're talking about is compulsive and chronic um, use of something. Usually there's a, a psychological or physiological need for right. this substance, but it can be a substance, mm -hmm. like a drug or a chemical, but also a behavior or some activity, you know, right. um, and the, the person, you know, an addiction could also be just 
defined as a, a strongly a strong in inclination towards doing a particular thing, um, using something, indulging in some kind of activity, or or um, doing some type of behavior. Right. So yes, and from that from that definition, you can see how very easily we can move into the direction of saying that social media and and use of electronics is an addiction, but. Right. But again, when we think about it in the clinical sense, I think we have to be a little bit careful. And so, again, we're going to kind of talk about that some today. Right. Because we think of addiction, we associate it typically with drugs or some chemical, sub a substance like a drug. We talk about a drug addict or an alcoholic. But we also know that people gamble compulsively, and that some people exercise compulsively, some people eat compulsively. So we know there are these compulsive behaviors but are they true addictions, okay? What this professor is saying is that addiction is the response that's produced by the substance. So we can be addicted in that sense, we can be addicted to anything that produces the response. Okay? Well, and the, by the response, you mean the dopamine release. The, the release yeah, dopamine, dopamine gets right. released and it makes you feel good, okay? Right. Um, that's typically what people think about when they think of dopamine. It's not the only thing that dopamine does. Sure. But it's the dopamine release. And in fact, all the addictive substance we know of release dopamine. I mean, it's, right. it's the dopamine that you're after because that activates, dopamine activates the pleasure centers of the brain. And about 30% of our brain is, is a pleasure center. A lot of our brain is a pleasure center. And so dopamine activates those pleasure centers and it feels good. So she's saying that anything that does that, we should consider addictive. But we we want to be careful with that notion because there are these key differences. Okay? Right. And especially because, you know, again, we've said this before, but it's important to, to emphasize that anything that you enjoy releases dopamine. That's right. right. Anything that you do that you enjoy releases dopamine. And so it doesn't necessarily mean that just because you enjoy something means that it's an addiction. Right. right. Um, because, you know, somebody really enjoys reading and they will, they can spend, you know, 10 hours a day reading. Right. But have you ever heard of anybody talking about somebody as having a reading addiction? Right. She's addicted. Right. 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 Usually it's something, and even if it interferes with functioning, because if you're reading, but you're supposed to be doing something else, um, it's interfering with functioning, but we still don't call it an addiction. Right. And even though, even though it's a worthwhile activity, well, the, we're get, I'm getting a little bit ahead, but right. there are two key differences right. that we want to talk about. One is, one is has to do with withdrawal, mm -hmm. uh, physiologic addiction, and and the withdrawal that a person experiences. It that's one thing. The other thing is is what we the, the other problem is excessive use. And this is a little, little bit tricky to talk about, but with uh, electronic devices, social media, however you want to term it, the, the second issue is excessive use. Not use, but excessive use. Um, but let's talk about withdrawal first, okay? okay. Because that's, that's an important, I think, distinguishing characteristic between electronic devices and a, an addictive substance. Right. And I think that it's also the difference between chemical substances and other things that we refer to as addictions, whether right. it's gambling or, um, or anything else. Mm -hmm. And that is that 
it creates, you know, with withdrawal creates a physiological mm-hmm. symptoms, um, predictable physiological symptoms in the body. You know, right. if you if you are an alcoholic and you stop drinking, there are predictable symptoms that you will experience as right. a result of that withdrawal. That's right. Mm-hmm. Now, if you if you are quote unquote addicted to Snapchat or Instagram or TikTok, and and your device is removed and you now have no longer have you know uh, access to that. You, you don't have physiological symptoms associated. You might get angry, right. get really irritable and, and, and frustrated, but it's not a physiological um, withdrawal like you see with chemical addiction. That's right. And, and please, parents, please hear that. Just because your child gets angry, anger is not physiologic withdrawal. Right. That's they're two completely different things. Yeah, your your child's gonna be angry. They want right. Snapchat, they want Instagram. If you take her, you take her phone, yes, you're gonna get pushback, you're gonna get a reaction. That's not withdrawal. Right. It's it's a different, it's a different response. Right. So th- think about think about what you experience, because I think most people can can relate to this. Think about what you experience when you try to you know, if you're a coffee drinker or you drink sodas or tea or anything like that, and you decide that you're going to stop caffeine. Right. There, there are, there is a physiological response to stopping caffeine. You're going to get a headache. <laughs> and it doesn't matter. Um, it, it, it's there. It's just, and you may, you know, but then at the same time, when you stop you know, if you stop doing something else that you enjoy, just because you enjoy doing it, you may get frustrated that you can't do it. You may feel mm-hmm. that urge, that tendency to gravitate towards, you know, whatever that hobby is or anything, but you don't experience the same physiological change, the phys- same physiological symptoms as when you stop a substance that your your body is accustomed to. Right. You know, we just finished all of our summer vacations and many, many times during the summer, people would say, oh, we went to such and such a place and we didn't have cell phone um, use. We couldn't use our cell phones. And it was great. We talked and we had fun and we played games and we we actually had a great time because nobody could use their cell phones. There was no physiologic withdrawal. Nobody got headaches. Nobody was cramping. Nobody was balled up uh, in cold sweats. No, you had a great time because you didn't have your devices. That's what we're talking about. This is not, it's not truly addiction. And one of the reasons is because of the physiologic response. Right. The second issue is the challenge for all of us managing our children, but managing our own use is not, is excessive use of a device. Okay. That's what we're talking about. Now, some might argue, well, that's what we're talking about with alcohol. We're talking about excessive use of alcohol rather. No, that's not what we're talking about. We have to start focusing on, we have to move away from this idea that, well, I'll take her phone. Just if she's doing something, we're going to like take her phone. Right. We need to move away from that. And you have to, if you're a parent or a partner or an adult, doesn't matter. You have to start thinking of how do I use this device mindfully? How do I use it wisely? Right. How do I avoid excessive use? You don't, you need to stop thinking of the phone as a way to punish your child 
but thinking of how do I get my child to use this device um, appropriately, uh, carefully, thoughtfully. Right. If you think about, and, and I think that this point is is extremely important because excessive use is exactly the the issue. And and I, we've been thinking about this a lot. And and I'll, I'll share what I think it really is as opposed to addiction in just a moment. But I think that. Um, you know, when you think about somebody who abuses substances like alcohol or any other illicit drug or something, the goal of treatment is abstinence. You know, right. if you think about one of the one of the most common forms of intervention for alcoholism, for example, it's AA, 12-step program, right? 12-step programs are, by for the most part, focus on abstinence, no more total drinking, absence. Total, absence. total abstinence, no right. more drinking. And in fact, there are some AA groups where, you know, they don't want you using uh, cough syrup that has, you know, any alcohol related substances in it. They don't want you using anything that could resemble or come close to alcohol. And many of them don't even want you to use medication right. uh, because that's in their view, that's just another chemical dependence that you're moving towards. There is, I'm just going to say it very bluntly, there is no way for you to be completely abstinent from electronics. Right. It's just not possible in the world that we live in today. Exactly. My, right. you know, our kids are just started school next week. They are going to be, you know, they're going to be given their iPads or their laptops starting next week for them to do all of their schoolwork on, for them to use, have access to all of their learning materials. It's all on electronics. There is no way that in the world that we live in today that you can be completely um, electronic free. Right. No way. right. Not, not unless you live in a place where there's no signal. Ever, right. uh, no, not complete, or you don't have um, any kind of an internet connection coming into your house. But right. I mean, that's, you know, those are, there are cultures that do that. But most of us have these. And most school children are going to have access to devices. Absolutely. Even at least while they're at school. Okay. So, so there's no way that our treatment, if if I don't, I'm hesitant, and I think we should all be hesitant to call it an addiction, when our treatment for addiction isn't the treatment that's going to work. That's right. I mean, it, I think about that with with people we do see who are having, who are struggling with addiction. You know, you don't say, no, it's okay to drink a little bit. You know, go ahead right. and have one or two drinks because. For binge drinkers, which is one of the things we worry about, it's not going to be one. It's going to be the first of many, and it's going to lead to problems. Right. And so when we advise people who are struggling with addictive behaviors, whether it's gambling or alcohol or drug, you don't say, well, it's okay to take a little bit of Oxycontin. You know, you just have to be careful. You just have when, that's that's I mean, you, you don't say that kind of stuff. OK, so but that is the case with electronic devices is, is that we are saying, yeah, a little bit of it is okay, you know, but it has to be managed. Okay. You can't say that with a person who's truly physiologically addicted to a substance or right. to an activity, you know, um, you, you, it doesn't matter what the activity is, but that's where I think the, this fine line between addiction to a substance versus addiction to an activity because even with a person who's addicted to exercise you can say no we want you to exercise for an hour a day not five hours a day okay then it's okay absolutely so the first issue is physiologic dependence and withdrawal right. 
and the symptoms of withdrawal that you would have, even withdrawing from withdrawing from caffeine. You know, like you say, stop drinking caffeine, you're going to get a headache. Yeah. Stop using Snapchat, you're not going to get a headache. Right. So, and, and the second thing is the issue of excessive use. And so let's let's talk about what we mean by excessive use, mm-hmm. because you know there are there are those who would say using your being on your phone for two hours a day is excessive use, and then you'll have others who say. Yeah, I'm on my phone for seven hours a day, and I don't think that's excessive use. All right. So excessive use, if we think about adults, excessive use is when your use of a device is interfering with one thing is interfering with other relationships. If it's interfering with your relationship with your partner, if it's interfering with your relationship with your kids or with coworkers or friends, that's when you that's one sign that you are using the device. You're on the device too much. Right. I remember when cell phones first came out, uh, we were also taken by this <laughs> this little device that we could connect to the Internet, carried around with us all day. And I can remember many people saying um, it changed their relationship because their partner brought it to the table, uh, mm-hmm. to, the, to, to a dinner table, you know, that we no longer had a meal where we talked. We had a meal where my partner was on his cell phone or when he came home from work instead of engaging with me and the children he was on his phone doing something you know he was still connected at work okay so the the this ability to stay connected easily um 24 hours a day um and i and i attribute that mainly to an iphone that that, this portable device um, it 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 really changed and i might even use the word damaged um, marriage relate or partner to partner relationships. Absolutely. And again, it could interfere with your, your role as a parent. Um, it could interfere with your, with your work. If you find yourself surfing and, and scrolling on your phone when you're supposed to be working. Um, and so you start getting behind on your obligations at your, at your job. Um, right. also, you know, if it's at the expense of your mental health, um, right. Richard, how many times do we talk to people and they are so stressed and overwhelmed and, and maybe even depressed, but the primary source of that distress is what they're reading on social media or what they're doing on their device. They, they see other people living these lives. And so they are down and depressed and upset because they are not doing that. Yeah, because everybody else is having this wonderful life and I'm stuck here at home. You know, I can't do anything. There's also this idea of doom surfing, you know, where you're constantly looking at um, catastrophes and it feels like the whole world is is coming apart. It really isn't. It's just that that's what's on the screen. Um, And so we need to be careful about excess use because it can affect our mental health. Absolutely. And it's the same thing with kids and, and teenagers, you know, excessive use, if, if, use on their device is interfering with their functioning, whether it's, you know, you can't get them to do any, you know, their obligations at home. You can't get them to do their schoolwork. They keep getting in trouble at school because they're on their device when they're not supposed to be. They aren't, they are sacrificing, you know, interpersonal face-to-face relationships for the sake of the, the their virtual friends. These are, you know, indications that this could be, that you know they can be excessive use and it's even more concerning when it's with children and teenagers because of course their brain is continuing to develop and we don't know yet what effect that's going to have on them in the long run 
That's right. What we do know is that in children and teenagers, the effects are different than they are in adults. With adults, you have a you have a you have an adult brain by about age 25. And so with adults, we're more concerned about the effect that it has on relationships and work and mental health. With children and teens, we're concerned about the effects on brain development because a child's brain is still developing. And so we want to we want parents to understand that with children and teens, the problems are that um, that the excessive use of electronic devices could affect brain development, true, I mean, physiologic brain development. And the easiest way to understand it is to think of a use it or lose it phenomenon. Mm -hmm. with, with electronic devices, the effects on the developing brain are that it interferes with the development of connections in your brain that allow you to be competent. When, when you're born, you, 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 you can't do a lot of it. You can't walk and you can't speak. And you develop those things by making brain connections, by connecting all the neurons together into, into circuits that can do things, okay? And I don't know <clears throat> whether we should tackle this topic or try to, it's a complicated topic. It's gonna take a long time to talk about this, but in the, in children, for example, child is born, has all these neurons. The neurons aren't connected. So the child can't talk and can't walk and can't do a lot of things, can't write her name. But about age two and a half or three, there is this explosion of new neurons in the brain. And those are the neurons that kids will use to learn to ride a tricycle and a bicycle and go to kindergarten and do reading and math skills in early elementary school. Those right. are the neurons. Of you. But in order for those neurons to stick around, they have to be used. Right. Kids have to be riding a bike and talking and thinking and coloring and drawing and you know playing sports and kicking balls and throwing balls. And that's how the brain develops. Right. Well, if you don't do those things, then those neurons are gonna die off. If right. you never walk, the walking neurons are going to die off. Okay. Right. So that's the use it or lose it. So you have blossoming, you have those neurons, but then you have pruning and the neurons you don't use, you lose. That's the lose it part. Well, that, that means that children, preschool and early elementary school have to be doing things. Right. If all they do is sit in front of a television set, they're going to keep the neurons that watch television. And they're going to lose the neurons that they use for other purposes, playing sports, reading, doing math. And so if, if your time is spent on electronic media, you're going to lose the ability to do these other things. Uh, absolutely. And again, this, this happens again um, in teenagers. When, when Once you reach adolescence, there's a, this is second opportunity, I suppose, where your brain goes through... Uh, some significant, massive changes. But right. there's another explosion of new neurons that that come into your brain and mm -hmm. are working to make new connections. And they're trying to, you know, set the stage for this next stage of development, this, right. this next process of development. And so these are the neurons now that you're going to use as you go through high school and you're working with more, you know, if you think about the 
class material that kids learn in, in high school, like algebra and, and trigonometry, you know, it's much more complex and, and abstract, um, but also relationships. Relationships take on a very different um, meaning in high school and in college. And so those neurons that develop and, and come about during adolescence are critical to those skills. And so just as the case that you just made with, with your toddlers, in adolescence, if all of your time is spent on social media and mm. it's spent sort of in this virtual world, your brain doesn't have the opportunity to create those pathways and then reinforce those pathways for the types of relationships that they really should have. Those right. intimate relationships, knowing how to communicate with someone that they want to have an intimate relationship with. They don't know how to make those um, connections and how to make those relationships because they they haven't they haven't developed those skills. And so it's so important. Adolescence, we're talking about in, in puberty, we're talking about middle and early high school years. If those, if, if they spend all their time on on social media and in electronics during that time frame, it does. It's going to affect their ability to develop those relationships. That's right. A, a, a very a good example of that. You and I hear this all the time, and especially in the summer, and during the pandemic, we heard it, and in the summer, we heard it, and over holidays, and parents will say, "No, he'll he'll spend twelve hours in his bedroom playing video games." Right. If you do that day after day after day you're going to get good at playing video games. The, the brain will get good at what it does repeatedly. If right. you are constantly running, you're going to get good at running. Mm -hmm. If you're constantly throwing baseballs, you're going to get good at throwing baseballs. Right. If you're constantly playing video games, you're on social media, you're watching YouTube, that's what you're going to get good at. The problem is you're not going to get good at all the other things you should be doing. You're right. not going to develop physical abilities. You're right. not going to develop your social skills. You're not going to develop your academic skills. Being good at Snapchat doesn't buy you very much. Right. I mean, I, I'm not saying don't ever use Snapchat. That's that idea that we're not going to ask you to stop using it. But we're right. saying if you spend all your day on Snapchat, you're not going to get much benefit from right. that in terms of the rest of your development. Right. And so that's what we mean by managing an excessive use right. is that excessive use makes you very good at one thing, but at the, but at the expense of everything else. Absolutely. So, so as we look at, again, these two issues, the, the issue of, um, you know, that, that physiological withdrawal, the issue of, you know, how, how would we treat, you know, d digital device use, you know, Unlike true addictions, our focus mm -hmm. is going to not going to be on um, abstinence. It's going to be on appropriate use. It's going to be on reasonable use. Being on, you know, you're going to be on your device, but how do you gauge how much time you should spend? Um, mm -hmm. I, I again, I can't. There's no way to foresee an, a, a situation where we would say, okay, we now live in a world where we're digital device free. Um, I just don't, there's just no way that that's going to happen. It's just too convenient, too accessible and too prevalent. So instead we have to focus on fair use and appropriate use. And this is where I think we have to shift that perspective, you know, away from, uh, away from a, an addiction model 
And in my mind, we need to move it more closer to almost a compulsive use or a, a compulsive, um, obsessive compulsive type of perspective. Well, I see it as very akin to, you know, compulsive hand washing or, you know, excessive mm-hmm. worries about germs and things like that, where you have this, you know, again, you take a person who has obsessive compulsive disorder where they have to wash their hands, you know, multiple times a day and you turn the water off. They're, they're, they're going to be distressed. They're going to be upset. They're going to experience some anxiety and stuff, but they're not going to experience the physiological consequences of an addiction. Right. Yeah. Addiction. And, and I see the cell phone and, and electronic use in a very similar way to what we think about with obsessive compulsive type tendencies. Right. Right. So the issue is uh, reasonable use. Right. And so we will always be harping, encouraging um, two things. One is that these devices are privileges to use, mm-hmm. but you have to take care of your responsibilities first. Right. All right. So that's the first thing is that, you know, you're going to have this battle and so first you take care of your responsibilities, then you can do whatever you want on your devices. Right. Second thing is you can't do whatever you want for 10 hours a day. Right. And so it's a two-part process of first your responsibilities, then free time. But the second issue is you simply don't have five or six or seven hours a day to spend on your devices. If you do, then you're ignoring something else that's important. Or the parents haven't given them enough things to do. Or they don't have enough to do. You, right. you don't have enough chores. You don't have enough responsibility. And so um, so you, parents have, as you as we enter the new school year, whether you're an adult or a child, you have to manage your use carefully because it's very easy. This This stuff is compelling. And it's very easy to stay on these devices. People refer to rabbit holes. I went down the rabbit hole or Mm -hmm. I binge watched something or I, you know, uh, was on my, you know, stayed on my device. All kids stay on their devices at night. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you, if you're on your device at two o'clock in the morning, it means you're giving up sleep. Okay. And that's the problem. So one is first you do your responsibilities. Then you have your free time. The other thing is don't get off these devices when you're giving up other things that you should be doing for adults, it's work and relationships for children. It's developing the other parts of their bodies and their minds. Absolutely. So, all right. I think that's it for today. We will post in the show notes, a link to that interview with the, uh, with the author um, uh, of dopamine nation. And um, but we will certainly be talking about this topic again, because this is a very common thing that we deal with here in our practice. So, Right. All right. right. Until next time, stay happy, stay healthy, and forget to be afraid.